With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Critically analyzing national affairs, this is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McLean on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, welcome to State of the Nation live right here on today's News Talk, tntradio.live is our website. Hello to you if you're in our interactive live chat room over there. And thank you for joining us for this broadcast. I'm Brian McLean out of Central Texas. I'm here with Steve Hook out of New Jersey. Steve, welcome to State of the Nation. How are you doing today? Good, brother. Good to see you, Hash. Once again, we've got a big, big show today. Looking very forward to it. And we've even got, um, well, we got one of Mark Morano's buddies going to join us a little bit later. Um, and talk about these uh, wind farms up and down the East Coast. And that, of course, directly affects me as I'm about a mile away from the beach. So that's going to be interesting. And we also get to talk to the one and only Roger Stone. Can't wait for that. That's always a good time. So how are yeah. you doing, brother? Very good. Very good. Uh, yeah, very happy to be here. Very excited to talk to Roger Stone today. Um, some interesting possibilities out there, political possibilities, and I can't think of a better political strategist to discuss some of these things with. So that's going to be great. And uh, yeah, well, let me. <laughs> President Biden made some comments about Gavin Newsom. I got to run by you real quick here, Steve. Biden told a group okay. of world leaders that California Governor Gavin Newsom, quote, could have the job I'm looking for, end quote, if he wanted amid a low approval rating and discontent with his own party. He went on to say, quote, I want to talk to Governor Newsom. I want to thank him. He's been one hell of a governor, man. <laughs> Biden, I love the way, but, you know, I overuse the word man when I talk, but it's kind of strange to me that uh, the president of the United States does, too, because... Uh, He's not. From He's California, trying to be relatable. He's trying to be relatable, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's uh, it's not working on someone like me that uses that term a lot. It's really not working. But uh, yeah, um, they're they're saying that uh, this eyebrow raising comment uh, was made uh, at the most significant event with world leaders in San Francisco in recent history. Uh, that, of course, is according to the APEC 2023 website. So uh, I don't know how I feel about that, but very interesting. So do you think, Steve, I know we've talked about this. Is there sort of a shadow campaign running in the background here that even Biden won't talk down about? Well, you know, I don't think it's so much in the shadows, is it? I mean, you know, he, he's saying that he supports Biden. That is Newsom is saying this. But uh, for all intents and purposes, he's out there campaigning. I mean, he just got back from China. He met with uh, Xi Jinping before Biden did. Um, and then as a, a nice little dovetail into the story that I was going to talk about, and it fits right in where we're going. Here. So Biden basically said he has the job that I, what did he say? What was the exact quote again, uh, Hesher? Oh, he said uh, he said um, uh, he could have the job I'm looking for. <laughs> he's on does Biden not know that he's president I don't understand but at any rate um this is uh I'm reading this from uh where, where's the the site well it's Yahoo News but uh this is bad news for Biden a poll a recent poll a majority of Democrats want a new candidate to challenge Biden uh in the 2024 primary and a sign of uh growing concern about President Biden's chances of winning re-election a majority of potential democrat primary voters 54 percent of them 
now say they would like to see another Democrat enter the race to challenge him for the party's 2024 nomination. So this is a Yahoo News YouGov dot poll. Uh, only 28 percent say that they would not like to see a, n- a new Democrat candidate emerge as a uh, challenger in the primary uh, against Biden. So yeah, maybe maybe the writing is is clearly on the wall for everybody to see now. It seems to me it's pretty obvious what's going on. But and they, I don't care what they say. This meeting with uh, Xi Jinping did not go well. They're yeah, going to say yeah, it went fine, but no, it didn't. Absolutely. Well, you know, we're we're also going to be lucky enough today to speak with California State Senator Brian Dolly again, and uh, I'm sure he's going to have some updates on that. He's also going to be bringing another topic to the program that's near and dear to my heart and many people in California also, which is uh, Pacific Gas and Electric, because um, they're looking at raising rates on people again there's going to be a uh, a vote on this today so we're lucky enough to have senator brian dolly come in and give us his commentary on that one as well uh people are hurting in california when it comes to energy and pg e is a company that will turn your power off for weeks on end and then charge <laughs> you charge you more <laughs> really amazing yeah. it's it's a sad state of affairs yeah, well, I, you know, I, I, thank God you got out of Cali right there, uh, Ash. I mean, you, you're you're glad to be out. Uh, oh yeah, I, 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 you know, listen, I'm I'm just one level of hell away from uh, California. I'm in New Jersey, so I I feel their their pain. Although the, uh, the, the their power and electric grid out there in California is just a complete disaster. At least we don't have to worry about that here on the Eastern Coast. And you know, hey, if we get a thousand eight, a one thousand eight hundred wind turbine spinning off the coast. Who knows what it'll do for our bills? I'm sure it'll just, I'm sure it'll make them go way down. That's what they're yeah. telling us anyway. Yeah, we'll, well see. You know, Steve, I know you're a silver lining guy. So one thing about that, um, at least you guys can go to the beach and harvest whale blubber for your oil lamps. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes, there you go. Since- There's the silver lining. Um, we we do get. Free whale blubber. Yeah, so we'll see how that plays out. Very funny. Cur- courtesy of the wind farms out there killing all the whales. All <laughs> right. Are you enjoying listening to TNT radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive comment or review on Facebook, Gab, or Gitter. Help us get the word out as we t- cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. The latest as it happens. Every day, something new. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, let's hit up this new report about a growing number of TikTok users who now get their news from the video sharing app. This is really interesting. I think this will uh, relate to a lot of people who do this. Um, With almost a third of adults between 18 and 29 regularly using the platform for news while consumption of news across other social media sites has declined. Ruckus, um, a lot of people do not like TikTok, but a lot of people are getting their news from there. So this is going to be definitely a nuanced thing. What's going on here? Thanks. Uh, Yeah, so this is a a new uh, survey from Pew Research, one of the more respected uh, groups that do this type of thing. Um, So this data, they put out a new report yesterday on November 15th. It shows that shockingly, I mean, this is pretty wild, in just three short years, the share of U.S. adults who say they regularly get news from the Chinese-owned TikTok has more than quadrupled 
rising from a scant 3% back in 2020 to a whopping now 14% in 2023. Um, Pew Research, they surveyed 8,842 adults from September 25th to October 1st, 2023, via self-administered web surveys. The data has a margin of sampling error of plus or minus 1.6 percentage points. Among adults, those aged 18 to 29 are most likely to say they regularly get news on TikTok, with roughly a third of Americans in this age group, or 32%, regularly getting their news from the app, making a rise compared to previous years among adults ages 30 to 49, 15% regularly get their news from the app. That was shocking to me. I didn't think that many in that age group even used it. Well, 7% of those aged 50 to 64, they're TikToking, uh, but uh, that was uh, 7%, and then just 3% for those who are 65 and older who use the app to catch up on news. Uh, overall, more of TikTok's U.S. adult users are also getting news from the app, according to the findings, with 43% of users saying they regularly get news on the site, which is up from 33% who said the same in 2022. The Pew Research notes that, quote, TikTok users are now just as likely to get news from TikTok as Facebook users are to get news from Facebook. Still, TikTok users are less likely than users of X, formerly Twitter, to get news on the site, Um, end quote. Oh, yeah. So still the number of users who rely on X and Facebook for news has dropped since 2020, according to Pew Research, down from 54% in 2020 to 43% in 2023 for Facebook, which is now, of course, They call themselves Meta. Uh, As far as X slash Twitter goes, that is from 59 down to 53% for X. Uh, In contrast, Instagram, also owned by Meta, has uh, interestingly also seen an increased use in terms of news uh, with the number of users who rely on the video sharing social networking service for news up from 28% in 2020 to 34% this year. However, of all of them, Facebook remains the most popular social media when it comes to so uh, consuming news, with roughly three in out of 10 U.S. adults regularly checking their news from that particular site. Uh, the findings come as TikTok, um, which originally de- debuted in China in 2016 before its worldwide launch in 2018, uh, has faced increased scrutiny from experts and GOP lawmakers over fears that the app poses a national security risk with data on users in the United States potentially falling into the hands of, oh, no, we would never want this to happen. The Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, uh, and they also insist the app is being used to spread propaganda. As a result, the United States has already banned the app from government devices, as has the countries uh, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and the UK. Uh, TikTok, for their part, has insisted that the Chinese regime does not have access to U.S. user data, as its popularity has surged nationwide. Um, Interestingly enough, I caught this, uh, there was this interview, uh, Representative Kat Kamek, a Republican from Florida, likened the app's algorithm, which is heavily focused on engagement to ensure continued use of the app, to a form of digital fentanyl that makes addicts out of its users. Uh, She was speaking to uh, NTD News Today and said, quote, it really is a chemical alteration in your brain that happens. It's kind of like digital 
fentanyl. She also added, uh, quote, their entire goal is to show you more things to keep you on the screen while on the back end of the app. They're tracking your keystrokes. They're getting access to sensitive information on your phone, who you're talking to. It is entirely designed to harvest Americans data and hold on to it for asymmetrical warfare purposes, end quote. Uh, and that's why they're so concerned about it, gentlemen, because we all know that our own government would never, ever hold on to our data and use it for asymmetrical warfare purposes. So I feel safe using only Made in America apps. Just kidding. Uh, they all do this. What do you guys think? <laughs> I I personally think I would I, I won't have TikTok. Um, uh, not because I'm fearful of big, bad uh, CCP getting my data, although I don't want that. But I'm like you. I'm not silly enough to believe that this isn't being uh, retrieved uh, from Facebook and all these other social media sites. The main reason I don't like TikTok is exactly what Kat Kamek said. You can sit there and watch somebody on a tick. They'll get they'll watch one little reel and then it's over and over and over. It keeps you there. It's like crack cocaine. Uh, as far as the engagement goes, plus in a in a in, in a story that again kind of dovetails into what you're talking about, TikTok is now going to remove. This has been going around, you know. And, and there's a real problem in this country, as we all know, with anti-Semitism. But this is even uglier than that. TikTok is now uh, removing an Osama bin Laden TikTok called Letter to America that has been shared over and over and over again by young Americans, by young folks that were not even alive in 9-11, and they're all praising what bin Laden said. And, to, and, and of course, China comes out and says, whoa, we didn't know about that. This, is a, this goes against our code of conduct or whatever. So we're going to remove that after it's been shared hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And I was watching it on the news. They were showing some of the, the, the kids that were responding to this going, this guy's smart. This guy's got it going on. And all I can think was those people are all a bunch of morons. But I, I just don't like TikTok. What do you think, Hesh? Are you a big TikToker? Mm, I, I do not have a TikTok account, uh, but I am an elder doom scroller. I love scrolling algorithms for doom. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's conspiracy theory, if it's power politics, uh, if it's puppies and kittens. I am a... My name is Brian, and I have a problem with doom scrolling. So I'll just go out there and say that. Um, although, yes, I'm well aware that it is digital fentanyl, and it does change the way that your mind works. And you, if you're aware of that, you can cut yourself off and say, okay, time to go outside and look at real puppies and kittens or go find some actual news. But as someone that is very, very skeptical of mass media cartels and mainstream news, I very much appreciate and prefer citizen journalism and citizen thoughts and analysis in many cases, or I will use that to augment my uh, my journalistic research in the mass media. So for me, it's a mixed bag. It's an absolute mixed bag. I'm And for the CCP to say they don't have access to user data. Yeah, huh. right. Huh. Yeah, sure have, they have don't. Have you read their terms of services? Their terms of services are absolutely bonkers but hey so are meta's terms of services true uh, and these companies are all tied to american intelligence corporations big data is king that's the big takeaway don't stop doom scrolling but take care of your health your mental health and uh 
be sure and check your sources. I guess that's all I can say about doom yeah. scrolling and TikTok. <laughs> I've just right, watched Ruckus. my daughters go on it forever, and it's like, oh my god, can you put the phone down for God's sake? Yeah, it is very addicting. It's very addicting, and the algorithms are really smart at knowing what your interests are. So you got to be careful for sure. Uh, Ruckus, we got to let you go. Thanks for bringing us that one. We'll look forward to speaking with you in the next hour. All right, this is TNT Radio, State of the Nation. Jesse Zerwell on TNT Radio. In Nigeria, it was reported that Nigeria launches mass HPV vaccination campaign to curb cervical cancer. And this jumped out at me because given what's happening in Palestine, it is another example of the seemingly never-ending brutalization of vulnerable populations, to put it one way, whether through explicit means like the slaughter that is occurring in Palestine or through more discreet, one could argue, means like so-called vaccination, which is nothing but poisoning. Jesse Zerowell on today's News Talk TNT Radio. A better business tip from TNT Radio. The benefits of advertising on today's news talk, TNT Radio, should be clear to businesses of any shape or size. It can be accessed anywhere, anytime, by anybody, and is the perfect way to build brand awareness and stimulate digital activity. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. You are about to, about to hear today's news talk and the voice of freedom. That's what this country is all about. TNT Radio. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation. And what if I told you that a Donald Trump Tucker Carlson ticket could be coming our way? Now you're going to say, oh, that's insane. Heads would explode from the East Coast to the West Coast. Heads would explode everywhere. But our our, our guest today, Mr. Roger Stone, Posted a link. This is from Zero Hedge, by the way, the truck, uh, the the Trump Tucker Carlson uh, possibility, and uh, Mr. Stone has posted it on his Stone Zone site. And uh, obviously, Roger, first of all, welcome to the show. How are you today, sir? I'm delighted to be with you. And uh, folks can check out this incredible article from Zero Hedge by going to StoneZone.com. Uh, you know, initially, I must tell you, I was a skeptic about this idea of. Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson, T2, it's become known in the political trade, T2. Uh, But the more I look at it, the more I don't think that it is uh, as outside the realm of possibility as I thought initially. And what what makes what makes you say that, Roger? Why? I mean, you just I mean, like I said, heads would explode. I'm just trying to imagine what the panel shows on MSNBC and CNN would do with this kind of a ticket. But but why do you think that, hey, wait a minute, this might make sense? Well, first of all, Donald Trump is an outside-the-box thinker. Uh, I think that is abundantly clear. I also think that he has had his experience with the swamp, and it was not a good one. I mean, I, I think Trump already goes down in history as a great president. Uh, not that he did not make some mistakes. He would admit that. But most of his mistakes were in the personnel area. He trusted people to carry out the America first agenda who were never really committed to that agenda. In fact, in some places, cases, they were committed to diluting, slowing down or stopping that agenda. 
this is a mistake he's not going to make again. Secondarily, I think the the country uh, distrusts politics and politicians and both parties and insiders. Uh, with his trajectory from Fox, Tucker Carlson is the ultimate outsider. Uh, he's mounted his show at X, previously Twitter. No, folks, he doesn't have any special deal with them. Anyone can post a show on X, uh, and therefore this idea that he is in some way sponsored uh, by Elon Musk is really untrue. Musk's stewardship of the overall uh, platform does give Tucker Carlson and me, for that matter, and you and anyone a great opportunity for public, uh, uh, you know, a reach uh, and and I think impact. But lastly, uh, the part of this that I was somewhat skeptical about was that Tucker Carlson would consider this. Uh, and I haven't asked him directly. We we have been friends for 30 years. Uh, and I, it's not something I want to do in text, uh, something I prefer to do in a phone call. Uh, but mutual friends tell me that he hasn't closed the door, that he is a he, he's uh, at least open-minded uh, about it. Now, he's got an idyllic life uh, at this point. Uh, he doesn't have any restraints on him. He was at a constant struggle with Fox about what he could say, what he couldn't say, who he could interview, who he couldn't, uh, who could, he could not interview. Uh, and uh, he's a free spirit, as you know. He's also a truth teller, as you know. But above all those things, he's a patriot. So I think if, this is my opinion, not his, but if he became persuaded that he could help put Trump over the top and help save the country, uh, the existential threat to which he has really enumerated in his shows, um, I think he might do it. Just a theory. Wow. Yeah. I, I also noticed that um, Tucker put out a um, sort of a message, a, a video message on his ex recently talking about um, the Trump presidency in 2024. And uh, it didn't even cross my mind when I saw that, that that could be sort of a clue there. Do you think I'm reading too much into it now that I've read this article? Well, it's very clear that Tucker really enjoyed going to the UFC fight uh, in Madison Square Garden, which was, there was a lot of testosterone in the hall, I must say. Uh, 20,000 red-blooded Americans cheering on both Donald Trump uh, and uh, Tucker Carlson. I mean, that's very, very heady stuff. Uh, the thing about Tucker is that he's he's fearless. He's always been fearless. Uh, he will say what others only think. Uh, he has uh, tried, I think, for example, to to continue to espouse the America first agenda at a time that our ally Israel is calling on us for more support. Uh, and while he is supportive, uh, like me, he says, well, uh, we have we have our own domestic problems here. Uh, we have a, a, a border, uh, you know, insert uh, a border invasion uh, that needs to be dealt with. We have a crime epidemic that needs to be dealt with. We have a, a fentanyl epidemic that needs to be dealt with. We have uh, thirty seven thousand homeless veterans in this country uh, who, who need our help, uh, and uh, we already give billions uh, to Israel. Israel has a, a surplus. We we have no surplus. We're $3 trillion in debt. 
So um, I think he's. Uh, I think that he is. Uh, uh, he's very bold. Uh, and you're right. It would cause the left to go crazy. I, mean, I don't know anyone else who, without working completely without notes, could keep an audience spellbound for an hour uh, just uh, extemporaneously. I mean, he knows his stuff, uh, and uh, his, his his personal life. I think is pristine. He's a good family man. He's a hunter. He's a fisherman. Uh, he is uh, loves his family. Uh, I think he'd be a great candidate. He certainly has the energy level. I mean, he just popped up in Spain. Uh, I see him in New York City. The next day, he pops up in Spain. Uh, the, suddenly, he pops up in London, and he's going to the uh, to the Belmarsh Prison to interview uh, Julian Assange, an interview that I don't believe has a run yet. So he is indefatigable. He's fearless, uh, and he loves his country. Perhaps he can be persuaded to run. God, that would be amazing, and and you know, and you know, Roger and and Hesher, you know, it would. I would, I would like him to do it. Not not only because I think he'd be a good veep, but I would just love to see the response. I would pay to see the response from the left because they would lose it. And you're right. When he went to that UFC fight, who was it? It was Trump. Him. I think Kid Rock was there as well. The audience really lost it. Um, Roger, let me let me ask you this. Um, We've. I mentioned earlier in the show that the, the the polling for Biden is is just in the toilet. It's in the crapper. Even among Democrats, uh, we were uh, discussing a, a poll. A majority of Democrats want a new challenger uh, to primary Biden. So this isn't looking good for him. I wonder if a Tucker Trump ticket might help energize of course the, the the republican base but would it also help energize the democratic base well it would but trump alone does that anyway so it doesn't it doesn't it's really matter there's trump derangement syndrome so completely dominates uh the democratic party and democrat leaning voters i do think that there's a subset of voters out there who probably have real buyer's remorse. They're, they're really sorry they voted for Joe Biden. They thought he was going to bring a, a civility back to our politics. They thought he was going to bring a normalcy back to our politics. They thought he was a centrist or a moderate. Uh, he hasn't turned out to do or be any of those things. He has embraced the, uh, the radical left agenda. Uh, his foreign policy... Uh, is uh, is a dumpster fire. I mean, we are, let's face it, we are financing both sides of the war in the Middle East. We are financing our allies, Israel, but we're also making billions available to Iran, who in turn is just using that money to prop up Hamas. You don't have to be an idiot to see this. Anyone can see it. Uh, and in the Biden administration, they actually believe that the representations made to them by Iran or by Hamas, can be trusted. When we know within the Islamic Muslim religion, lying in order to further the greater goals uh, of, of this extremist group is perfectly allowed. So uh, I, I honestly think that the that their, our politics cannot be uh, more polarized than it is. Uh, and I think Trump by himself uh, energizes both his base but also their base. What was missing in these elections, you know, uh, a week ago 
roughly, uh, is that Donald Trump was not on the ballot. See, uh, that was not a defeat for Donald Trump. That was a defeat for the Republican Party. Donald Trump and the America First movement are far more popular and far more powerful than the than the Republican label or the Republican Party. That's why, of course, Trump wins and Mitt Romney and John McCain lose is a perfect example. Trump can reach certain votes in states like Wisconsin and Michigan uh, and Georgia and Arizona uh, that uh, that uh, no other no other Republican potentially uh, can reach. And Pennsylvania, yeah. I have a lot of doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mr. Stone, please hold the line. We've got a headline inbound, but when we get back, we want to ask you some some more questions about 2024, and we also want to get your opinion on Eric Adams. I saw your recent uh, Stone Zone broadcast, and I really appreciated your comments there, so I'd like to ask you about that on the other side of this brief headline with today's News Talk, TNT Radio. TNT Radio News. I've got news for you, baby. I've got news for you, baby. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The World Health Organization claims it has lost contact with the health personnel inside the Al-Shifa Hospital as the Israeli forces continue their precise and targeted operation. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu rebuked his Canadian counterpart on social media late November 14th after Justin Trudeau urged Israel to protect civilian life in the brutal war it is waging on Hamas and the Gaza Strip. Sir Keir Starmer slammed Rishi Sunak's migration policy following the Supreme Court ruling the Rwanda plan unlawful. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda, it never stops. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's News Talk, this is TNT Radio. Go to StoneZone.com for all the latest and to keep up with our guest, Roger Stone. Roger, what do you think about, um, you know, this was mentioned in that Zero Hedge article. They were talking about uh, whether or not there will be uh, election vulnerabilities, election fraud, ballot stuffing, you know, the whole cast of uh, techniques and tactics that we've seen, uh, particularly in 2020, also in 2022, and even going back into some history here. Um, many are thinking that uh, a, a T2 ticket would be a slam dunk if it weren't for those sort of uh, electioneering behaviors. What, what's your take on this? How vulnerable are we going into 2024 in this regard? Uh, I think that we're very vulnerable, but I think it would be true regardless of who Donald Trump put on the ticket. Uh, no major state and no swing state has had any serious revisions in their election laws. Uh, for example, however, uh, mail-in ballots, which are very, very clearly and specifically unconstitutional in Pennsylvania, were struck down by the lower courts. Uh, that action was with, was upheld by the middle courts. Uh, but the state Supreme Court, which is just 100% political and really could care less about the law or the state constitution, has reinstated them. Uh, if you had an honest, straight-up election in Pennsylvania... Think Donald Trump would win. I personally think he won last time. Uh, that'll get me banned in a lot of places I, I can think of just for saying it. Uh, but uh, can we carry Pennsylvania again uh, with the with the mischief 
that mail-in ballots a cause. I mean, Bill Barr, before he went over the side uh, and suddenly began to believe that the election fraud literally doesn't exist in America, actually said in an interview with Wolf Blitzer that correctly that mail-in ballots are an open invitation for massive fraud. So um, a couple things. One, Trump has to maximize his margin. He has to win by as much as possible. That could happen because the, the total collapse of Joe Biden, if he's the nominee, is entirely possible. But also the party needs to do a better job uh, uh, legally of protecting their interests. Uh, and, uh, you know, when the when the Board of Elections officials tell the Republican uh, observers that they're going home, uh, they should go home at three o'clock in the morning, maybe those observers should arrive around the block and see if the counting resumed as soon as they left. And if it did, then it's time to, you, in advance, you know the phone number of a judge. So you can file immediate injunction. Uh, sadly, I just use that as an example, but I think Republicans and the Trump campaign were sadly unprepared for the abuses uh, of the system. Now, the Democrats did uh, methodically and systematically go into these state legislatures and change state laws, loosen state rules to make cheating more possible. Uh, and still, even when that was going on, I'm not sure what they were doing over at the Republican National Committee. I mean, I understand they were probably, you know, drinking champagne and eating shrimp cocktails and enjoying uh, the private jets and the uh, and the five star uh, resorts uh, and the private uh, makeup and hair person for our national chairwoman. That doesn't leave a lot of money for elections, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the uh, the the state legislatures totally got bamboozled. Uh, reams of Democrat lawyers were going out months in the months leading the election, forcing these changes, basically kind of just giving them the old, uh, you know, I got an offer you can't refuse kind of deal to some of these state legislatures. Of course, Pennsylvania, you mentioned it happened in Atlanta, happened in just about every damn swing state there is. And what did Rona McDaniel do about any of this? Uh, what do you think? How long do you think Rona McDaniel is going to be hanging around, uh, uh, Roger? Because a lot of Republican uh, operatives and insiders are kind of showing disdain towards her these days, it seems. Uh, I think her days are, are limited. Uh, I think that she she's, was on borrowed time. She won another term, but she really needed to perform in this interim period. Uh, and uh, if you look at uh, any of these state returns, the problem is Republicans didn't turn out. Our voters did not turn out at sufficient numbers. 42% of Republicans turning out in Kentucky. The Secretary of State candidate won big. The Attorney General candidate for a Republican candidate won big. Our candidate for governor basically got shellacked. So uh, it's not that the votes are not there. Uh, it, it is that we haven't done a very good job of motivating them. They get motivated when Donald Trump is on the ticket, uh, but they they are not necessarily motivated, uh, you know, with the average Republican ticket. Uh, and the the national chairwoman, uh, it's not lack of money. No one can say it's lack of money. The party has raised 
uh, record amounts, much of it, by the way, thanks to Donald J. Trump. Uh, but uh, they raised a lot of money in the name of election integrity, too. And then they spent none of that money fighting for election integrity. Uh, so it's a, it's time for a change of leadership. Uh, I, you know, I've, I've met Rana Romney McDaniel uh, and Rana Romney McDaniel is a very nice lady, uh, but she's not the right leader for the party at this time. I think we need somebody whose middle name is not Romney. <laughs> that would be a start. <laughs> yeah. That Anybody in mind? Start. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, in a way, it's a shame that he's running for president because Vivek Ramaswamy, who's an entrepreneur and an organizer uh, and a clear thinker, would be a great National Party chairman. Uh, once Donald Trump uh, is is nominated, this is a perfect example. The Republican national chairperson always serves uh, at the pleasure of the nominee for president. So I don't care whether it is Dwight Eisenhower or Barry Goldwater or Richard Nixon or Ronald Reagan or the Bushes or Donald Trump. It is the not it is the prerogative of the nominee to name the state party chair. And uh, I'm not sure Donald Trump ever really fully understood that. And I'm not sure he was told that. He certainly wasn't told that by Reince Priebus the outgoing chairman who I think persuaded the president that it was his prerogative to kind of wire the chairmanship for one of his protégés, in this case, uh, Rana Romney McDaniel. Uh, and uh, I, I don't think he understood he could name anyone he wants. So perhaps, uh, first of all, I think her term, I believe there's an election in January. Uh, I'm not certain of that. I have to look that up. Uh, but if she does not step down, he would still have the authority once nominated uh, to remove her. He might have the ability to remove her right now if he chooses to. Uh, he could have named anybody he wanted. Uh, he was kind of passive. I don't. Some people blame him for her uh, for for uh, endorsing her. I, he never actually endorsed her. He essentially was hands off the contest. But had he supported another candidate, I don't think she would have gotten another term. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just a, a it's a dumpster fire, uh, to use your term from earlier. All right, Roger, we're just about out of time here, but I do want to recommend everybody go to stonezone.com and watch Roger's broadcast that was uploaded to his Rumble just yesterday. It's a really good one, and he has a take on the Eric Adams topic that Steve and I have been talking about that I hope you go and listen to, and I hope we can have you back on again real soon, Roger. Maybe we can cover that next time. Thank you for everything you do. Again, stonezone.com. You can get access to all of Roger's shows, his books, his thoughts, his blog, his reposts over there. So highly recommend it. Thank you very much, Roger Stone, for joining us here on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. The radical left, fresh off their abortion-related victories in last week's U.S. elections, are not pausing in their dissemination of double talk and bullcrap on the issue. Here's CNN's John Avlon defending the fact that Democrats favor abortion on demand. The talking points are clear, right? It's the specter of abortion on demand well into the third trimester, all at the hands of morally monstrous liberals. But it begs the question, how often do third trimester abortions actually occur in America? The answer is very, very rarely. 
Get this. In 2020, 93% of abortions occurred in the first trimester, according to the CDC. Another 6% occurred between 14 and 20 weeks, early in the second trimester. Less than 1% were performed at 21 weeks or more. Which is to say that third trimester abortions are vanishingly rare. So let's say Avalon's correct. 1% would have been some 9,000 such abortions in 2020, according to the Guttmacher Institute, a group committed to the so-called reproductive rights, and to people like John Avalon, killing 9,000 wholly formed babies is not even worth mentioning. It's who they are. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malzberg. Listen to my show, 9 p.m., Eastern, Monday through Friday, right here on TNT Radio. We all know what it's like to feel alone. But it just takes one new connection. Want to get out of here? To empower many. This is unbelievable. It doesn't take a superhero to bring forces together. We all have the power to reach out. Let's go! And help someone feel like they belong. Pretty cool, huh? We are stronger together. Critically analyzing national affairs. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Late last month, Denmark's Orsted company pulled out of the wind farm planned off off the New Jersey shore. Uh, That is just one of the companies involved, though, and it looks as if the plans are still going ahead full speed. Uh, Though that may change as the citizens in shore towns and states along the eastern seaboard from NC to Maine, learn the details and continue to watch dead whales wash ashore. Joining us now to discuss is Collister Johnson, Senior Policy Advisor for CFACT, Community for a Constructive Tomorrow. Collister, uh, Steve and I have spoken uh, with Mark Morano about this. We've stoked, yeah. uh, spoken with, um, with Jennifer Rickey. And uh, this story is just something we have to keep talking about because I really feel like as Americans, we have a save the whales sort of mindset from back in the day. We used to see that on every bumper. And uh, I don't really see that bumper sticker anymore, but I think it's time to bring it back. What can you tell us what's going on here with the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management and the National Marine Fisheries Services? They're violating federal law, aren't they? Yes, that's uh, what we uh, are claiming. And uh, it's interesting, the environmental organization has gone from save the whales to save our cash flow. Uh, and uh, they, uh, you know, keep peddling the idea that there's a climate crisis and, you know, only we can solve it if you just give us uh, a little bit more money and uh, we'll save the planet. Well, uh, what we've done, uh, CFACT and also the Heartland Institute, uh, we've filed something called a 60-day notice letter, which is what one has to do in order to bring a suit under the Endangered Species Act. So the right whale in off the East Coast is protected by, is an endangered species, there are only about 350 of them left. Uh, and uh, uh, Boehm is uh, going ahead per the instructions from the Biden administration to uh, put uh, windmills, uh, wind uh, factories, they're not farms, they're factories, up and down the East Coast. And the one that we're focusing on is Virginia because um, that one is going forward uh, under Dominion Energy. But you're absolutely right. A bunch of others, including Orsted, who is the largest wind developer in the world, they know what they're doing. Uh, and uh, done it everywhere. They pulled up. They pulled out of their massive project off New Jersey and said, "We can't do it." Uh, 
and uh, a, a bunch of other wind developers have done that as well. So, you know, uh, if if we're lucky, we'll get the market to kill these things, which make absolutely no sense, uh, either for the climate or anything else. Uh, but um, uh, in the meantime, we're going to proceed and provide this notice and see what happens in 60 days. Wow. Hey, Collister, how are you? Steve Hook, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining yes, us. Yes, sir. Uh, Brian was mentioning, uh, it's Kristen Rickey, by the way, uh, Brian, not, not, not Jennifer. Thank you. That that's felt okay. wrong coming off the tongue. Sorry, Kristen. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> Kristen Rickey is a, uh, she's actually a, a neighbor of mine and she's been working and she got together with, I, I told Mark about her, but what she, uh, what she gave me and I looked at some of these, uh, takes now for those who don't know a take consider that a yeah. federal it's basically a federal fishing license in other words you can this is how many of these animals you can take uh yeah. without getting into any hot water and these takes are outrageous the north atlantic right whale is endangered as you mentioned there's roughly 338 of them and this is just from empire wind they've been granted a take of 29 but there's a whole bunch more uh, for uh, takes for different companies, correct? That's absolutely correct. So if you add up all the takes together, uh, there are about 160 of them off the uh, East Coast. As you say, there are only 330, 50 of these animals left. Uh, how does that work? That uh, they will not create a situation where one of these whales is going to be killed. All it takes is one. They've said if this species going, is going to survive, there can be zero human-caused deaths of these whales in any given year. And as you point out, you've got all these take permits uh, out there, uh, and uh, it's it, it just right in the middle of the migratory path of the right whale. It, it, it makes no sense. So, uh, you know, we're opposed to offshore wind in principle because it is not reliable. It is not cost-effective. Uh, but uh, if we uh, have to use uh, the tools that we have been given to us, one of them is protecting the right whale, and uh, we're going to go ahead and do that. Well, it's, it's, why is it you suspect that the Sierra Club and Greenpeace and none of these folks are getting involved in this? Are they saying that, well, we used to give a damn about the whales, but now we're trying to kill fossil fuel, so if we've got to kill a few whales, Say la vie, that's the way life works. And uh, you mentioned their cash flow. Is that what this is all about? Is this just greed? Uh, pretty much it is. Uh, I mean, the uh, environmental groups have decided that uh, their constituency uh, wants to hear uh, this uh, notion that there's a climate crisis and that uh, we're all going to fry in uh, uh, a few years if we don't solve it. And it's it's and, and that's that works politically as well. Uh, you know, uh, uh, fear is uh, a powerful weapon. And uh, if you peddle fear, which is happening right now, uh, you can get people to vote for you. You can get people to give you money. And uh, it's uh, it's not pretty, but it's just simply the world we're living in where uh, it's it's just happening in front of our eyes. Collister, this this uh, it brings to light a stark juxtaposition for me. Like if you compare, uh, for example, in places like California, um, as a citizen there, you can no longer walk off of trails in national parks in many places. 
uh, you can't take your dog, all these sort of things. Or if you're, um, if you're working in the desert, for example, um, I did, I did a little bit of work in the desert and I had to take, um, desert tortoise training. Like they, it's just like, oh, we care so much about the animals that, you know, you can't walk your dog. You can't go off the trail. We may give you a ticket. By the way, we're happy to dump 60% of our reservoirs out in the middle of a drought to save maybe a thousand fish or so. And then yeah. it's, it's just like, what happened? Is, did Do you think regulators and academics took over the environmental groups that used to actually care about animals and people, and, and now it's just all money? Yeah, uh, you know, I uh, lived outside of Washington for many years, and uh, the saying was, you know, if, uh, if it moves, regulate it, uh, and if it continues to move, tax it. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're right that uh, there's a perversion of, of interest here. Uh, and uh, again, uh, the, the uh, motivator is money. Uh, if uh, you're an environmental organization, you must adhere to the common conventional wisdom, which is that uh, we are uh, CO2 is a pollutant, uh, which is what it all goes back to, that CO2 is a pollutant. So, yeah, if you guys would do me a favor to stop breathing, uh, it would be helpful to the environment because you're breathing out CO2 as am I and every other animal on the planet. Uh, so that absurd notion has morphed into uh, we've got to uh, erect uh, these factories uh, off of the East Coast and industrialize. Uh, a, a environment that uh, has been left alone, but uh, uh, you know, if the Biden administration has its way, that that uh, that will end. Good God, I, it's so damn frustrating, uh, especially when you realize how big these things are. These things are taller than the Eiffel Tower, and there's going to be like eighteen hundred of them up and down the Eastern Seaboard. I think a lot of these greenies have no idea what they're. Yeah, you get a lot of NIMBYs. I remember when they tried, remember uh, Collis when they tried to put him off the coast of Nantucket, and I think it was John Kerry that said, oh, no, 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 no. Now he's out there promoting all this stuff. They don't want it in his own, his own backyard, though. I'm wondering also, when we talk about the the the, the whales that, that, that Greenpeace used to uh, pretend they gave a damn about, what we always see now, what we see now is whales washing up. I'm on the Jersey Shore, just uh, for your information, Collis, drive about a mile away. Really? Uh, and we're getting, yes, and we're getting these okay. whales wash up. And the funny thing is, is whenever you read about it in the paper, they always say the same thing. Well, we have no, we have no indication that the wind farm had anything to do with it. These are just boat strikes. Like all of a sudden, whales forgot how to avoid boats. Um, it's them pinging the bottom looking for solid bedrock and it's throwing the echolocation of these whales and dolphins out. Uh, just, it's like, it'd be like, you know, being in a metal pan and somebody banging it. Uh, these whales are, they can't even hear, they they can't locate the boat. So they get struck by them. Um, is this starting to have an effect with people though? Exactly right. I mean, the, the, uh, the, uh, years ago, the environmental groups, uh, sued the Navy, for uh, doing what this uh, like a sonar 
uh, it's really sonar blasting, sonar bombing uh, of the uh, surface uh, underneath the ocean so, to figure out where you're going to put the windmills. And, of course, what that does, uh, whales, like uh, many other marine mammals, they, they go by sound. They don't go by sight. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's like a pilot flying a plane. All of a sudden, you blocked out the windows uh, and, uh, you know, put blinders on them and they uh, they get lost and uh, they get hit by boats. They, they be, uh, go ashore, uh, beach themselves. It's, um, uh, it's clear that uh, that's what's happening here uh, with these uh, wind factories, uh, the boats going in uh, ahead of time to do the sonar mapping. And uh, the whales wash up dead. And if you're there on the Jersey shore, you know. And uh, I have to give kudos to uh, New Jersey. Uh, some groups in New Jersey are suing and uh, leading the charge against these uh, these wind factories. And uh, good for them because uh, it's just uh, it's not right. It doesn't make any sense. No, it really doesn't. Do we know how many whales have been affected by this or lost their lives by this? I mean, I doubt all of them wash up to shore, right? Is there a, a count going? Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a count going. I, I think it's uh, within the uh, two months uh, there, sometime uh, between uh, June, July, and August, maybe uh, May, June, July, August, there were about two dozen of them, about 24, uh, these uh, big whales. But, of course, that's just what washed ashore. We don't know what's out there still and what sank to the bottom. Uh, but uh, the, 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 uh, the official line, uh, from the feds is so there's no evidence uh, that this is being caused by anything having to do with uh, these wind factories. Uh, let's uh, move right along. And uh, they're just whistling past the graveyard. Uh, this is uh, it's clearly uh, interfering. Collister, yeah. uh, one thing that Kristen Rickey had mentioned to me, and I, Kristen heads up a, uh, a nonprofit called Save Our Tales, and it's all about the, the this subject we're talking about. She said, yeah. and there's a lot of uh, fishermen, longshoremen uh, around the Jersey Shore, as you would imagine. And she told me stories. She goes, Steve, these fishing boats will go out uh, and don't be the, the, the feds will essentially pull up to them and say, you didn't see anything. So they'll, they'll they'll report a whale and then they'll go out and they'll take the whale and they'll drag it out and they'll sink it. And then they'll say that the fishing boat, you didn't see a damn thing here, buddy. I mean, have you heard of reports like that? I, I have to say, I I have. That's the first time I heard. Of, but I but it doesn't surprise me. Uh, it, it very easily could happen. The uh, you, what you have to understand is what's going on here. And uh, so I was fortunate enough to lead a federal agency back uh, uh, in the day uh, at uh, DOT. It's called the Saint Lawrence Seaway. And uh, so every federal agency has to uh, do whatever it takes. God, whatever sorry, it takes. We're going to have to wrap it there. I'm, I'm so sorry. We're going to have to wrap it there because we're about to get a hard break. We hope to get you back on again sometime, sir. Thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank okay, you. Okay, take Thanks, care. Sir. You got it.